Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now You Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Ontario, Canada, my guest is the lead vocalist for the band Dream Aria, who is currently ranked number one on the overall Reverb Nation charts. They have a video in heavy rotation on DirecTV and have released three CDs with new music in the works, and they've played some big-time live shows. My guest has shared the stage with her childhood idol, Glenn Hughes, formerly of Deep Purple. She also does vocal coaching. You've been hearing one of Dream Aria's songs entitled Fallen Angel. It's my pleasure to welcome to the show Anne Burstyn. Hey, how are you? Fantastic, Anne. Thanks for being here. It's nice to meet you. Yeah, same. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Happy Canada Day, one day late. (laughs) That's right. Thank you. (laughs) And uh, to all the Canadian listeners to now hear this entertainment, belated Happy Canada Day to you as well. And thank you so much for your loyalty to the show. I do look at the data, and I always see Canada very strongly listening to the show. I'm really grateful for all of you up there who are listening. And while we're at it, Anne is not the first Canadian guest. Go back, listeners, and check out Episode 17 with Bruce Barker, longtime radio man in Canada, and Episode 34 with singer-songwriter Roxana, as well as Episode 45 with singer-songwriter Maddie Rodriguez. All Canadian guests there, and now Anne is another. Since now here, this entertainment is available on so many platforms, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, you will always want to have nhte.net as the website for all things show-related, including links to those other platforms. Plus, we post quotes from each show as well as the guest's photo and a link to their website. So, Anne, let's start off by having you talk about the song that was playing during the intro, Fallen Angel. Sure. Um, well, we wrote that uh, you know a couple of years ago, and basically that song actually encompasses the whole concept of the whole CD. And what it is is uh, an angel who God has sent down to Earth in human form. Basically, she packs her wings away for a bit on a mission. And she's supposed to basically be spreading goodwill to mankind, but in doing this, in becoming in human form, she starts to actually experience the human condition, meaning the human emotions, the letdowns, the highs, the lows. Mm. And she's not expecting that. She's never had emotions either way. She was very, you know, sort of neutral. So she's, you know, sort of cries out to God, you know, I wasn't expecting this. Uh, this is too much for me. I'm becoming beaten down. I'm becoming, you know, more and more fallen, so to speak. But he says, no, you must uh, stay and carry out your missions. And even though these people are hurting you or bringing you down, you have to still rise above it and forgive them and continue to spread you know, your positive messages. And so that's basically, you know, each song sort of is an experience she's going through. And uh, she, again, she has to literally rise above it. And then when she's finished her mission, then she flies away. Off she goes. 
Very good, very good. And, and so that's that's a short story. <laughs> no, I, I like it, and that's that. You know, that's kind of the way we lead off every episode, and it's always good because, it, especially that song in the intro with with your host, yours truly, uh, talking too much over the song, it gives people some good insight that they probably wouldn't otherwise have been able to glean from listening to what was heard. And certainly, listeners uh, certainly um, provide some incentive for you to want to go and purchase that song. Uh, Dream Aria, and you, you, your band is considered in the rock genre, indie, world music. Um, th- that, that all sounds accurate, would you say? Definitely, but I, I would say we're more progressive rock. That's sort of our ground-level foundation, definitely the progressive feel, because we all have the progressive rock uh, influences going back, you know, way back, well, way back <laughs> to, you know, the, uh, the early Yes, early Genesis, you know, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, all of that. So definitely that's our biggest influence within from all of us within the band. But there's also a bit of gothic elements and a lot of ambient music and that sort of fantasy feel and that sort of soundtrack type of feel. So it's got a bit of everything and even a little bit of soul and blues touches here and there. And I think that happens as well because, again, we have many influences, not just progressive rock, but especially me. I've I've been influenced by, you know, A to Z, ABBA to ZZ Top, I always say. <laughs> nice. So, you know, Deep Purple, Judas Priest, you know, Beethoven, Mozart, all of that. So it's definitely going to come across in our music, especially since our motto has always been there's no boundaries, no limits. It's we're writing in the moment whatever comes out is going to come out. So that's why I guess we're so eclectic and people sort of have a, a bit of trouble pinpointing our genre. So Interesting, interesting. Yeah. I, I like that insight. And I did, I did pick up on the, on the ambient, the fantasy, as you called it, uh, in, yes. in listening, previewing songs before in preparation for today's interview. So I was glad to hear you hit upon those two particular words because that's a, that's a great summation of, of a particular portion of the sound that I heard. I'm still waiting, though. You're, you're starting to name off a bunch of artists, and I'm anxiously uh-huh. waiting for you to say Rush because that's my all-time favorite oh, band. Course. I've said it many times in this show. And, oh, yeah. You know, I, th- I think you're obligated by law. Are you not being, being <laughs> in, in Ontario to, to have some... Absolutely, <laughs> especially in Ontario. Yeah. Well, I was born and raised in Winnipeg, but you know, when I from the time I was probably fourteen, Rush was huge influence on me and all my friends. I mean, we were actually my first boyfriend at the time, who was fifteen. Him and his twin brother were playing Rush songs already at fifteen. I mean, immaculately, perfectly. That's oh, how performing them. My, you're not talking about yes. playing the records. You're talking about performing them. No, performing. Yeah, wow. and which is pretty impressive. I would. I would say, um, you know, not that I'm, not, I'm sort of biased, but uh, <laughs> considering that that young age, right? But that's how we were back then. I mean, when it was cold outside, we were, in, which was a lot of the time, <laughs> we were inside uh, listening and analyzing and practicing and really perfecting. And yeah, Rush was definitely a huge influence. I mean, wow. I mean, all of their records, there's been some kind of influence from every single Rush album. So tell, sure. tell me that at some point you did your best Amy Mann and sang Time Stand Still. <laughs> Absolutely. All the time. Oh yeah, wow. she has a beautiful wow. voice too. Beautiful woman, beautiful voice. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I've seen them live in in Ontario a couple of times, and of course they're 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 awesome. And that was just a couple of years ago. They're still sounding great. Oh yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm very I'm, I am proud to be Canadian, and I'm definitely proud of them as you know a fellow you know, Canadian musicians. Absolutely icons, well, right? Well, I just saw them. Uh, I think it was if not last month, it might have been May. That I saw them uh, believed to be believed to be the twenty fourth time I've seen them in my lifetime. I wouldn't doubt it. 
Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it because I mean, when you're a diehard, you're a die. Yeah, <laughs> when it well, comes to Rush, I know. Yeah, I know yeah. Many, many people have seen them many, many times. That's great. That's cool. Yeah, and I'm originally Glad from I'm originally from Western New York, and somewhere along the way, okay. uh, I think somebody made me an honorary Canadian citizen because I did a lot of work uh, in sports nice. and went back and forth across the uh, Peace Bridge and spent a lot of time in Fort Erie, Niagara Falls, Hamilton. That, oh yeah. That type oh, of thing. Cool. So yeah. yeah, so we can right sit here and talk yeah. about the the QEW and the Don yes. Gardner. Or what it, <laughs> but Gardner, let's not. No. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. I hear you. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, for the listeners who are just being introduced to you and Dream Aria, what what you just did there was was very good. But but tell those listeners about the rest of the band besides yourself. No. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Next question <laughs> is... Kidding. No, 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 I'm kidding. No, no, definitely. Uh, well, Don, Don Stagg is the founder of the band and, well, or maybe I would say co-founder with Gary Flint. And of course, Don, you probably know, does uh, the keyboards and production composing, some lyrics as well. And Gary Flint does a bit of everything. He's drums, uh, producing, engineering, a lot of writing, uh, even some, he's helped with a bit of harmonies and, you know, bass definitely and some guitar lines so he really does he's i'd say he's a, one of the geniuses in the band him i, I think they're both geniuses but definitely uh, gary's got this sort of special multitasking quality where he can just pick up anything and just do it and i would say he's sort of the, the glue that uh you know mixes us well he's the mixer right <laughs> mixes it all together <laughs> and makes it sound good so yeah and of course uh, andrew Brzezowski, uh similar name to uh, similar uh <laughs> Ethnicity, ethnicity to you, perhaps yes. that, that one of those one of those names, right? Uh, which I still can't. I can actually now I can spell it. <laughs> but uh, he's our new guitarist, and he's uh, I call him the kid in the band because I feel so old compared to him. But uh, he, you know, he's in his early twenties, and he's fantastic. And he's on guitar, and he's just starting to write with us now and, and record. And he also plays violin, which is very cool. And uh, we did have past guitar players and bass players that um, were a major impact on the band, of course, with writing and recording, but they're, they've since gone on to do their other projects. And that's basically it right now. So we don't really have a bass player at the moment. So we'll see. We, we like to sort of hire on different people for different songs because everyone sort of has their own style and flavor. We like to keep that interesting and bring them in depending on the song, what it calls for. Yeah, I know at so, one point uh, you had uh, Kurt Schefter as a guitar player who uh, yeah. listeners might know has played for uh, Alana Miles. So yes, absolutely. Yeah, he's fantastic. Love him. Yeah, he's when great. you were when you were talking about Fallen Angel, and it's fitting now that that you're talking about the different members of Dream Aria and who does what. I, I was going to ask for specifically on Fallen Angel, who wrote that? Was it was it a collaborative effort? Was it just one member of the band? I remember Don coming in with the uh, the keyboard part, and I said, oh, that's really beautiful. I said, that's a really special song. And then, of course, Gary, uh, the two of them, they tend to write together a lot. Well, I'd say, well, almost 100% of the time. So they definitely did that together. And then I came in, and I said, you know, this sounds sort of angelic to me. This is about an angel of some sort and on her mission. So I let the music sort of tell me what it is and then i you know i'll base on my own experiences as well and bring that in so and then we get the guitarist we had uh mark crossley and tim welch who gary used to play in another band with called national velvet so he brought them in and they wrote the parts together for the guitar and uh then we then he just did the bass and was, uh, with our with john i should say john castleman did bass and a fantastic job at that and he's he's one of the members that's continued on to do his own thing so 
So yeah, that's how it generally works. They start off with the keyboards, and then Gary comes in and you know does some arrangements and drums and more writing uh, with the you know mel- melodies, and then I'll come in and it'll speak to me, and I'll write the lyrics and the vocal melodies, and then usually uh, guitar comes in somewhere in there, sometimes before me, sometimes later, it just depends, and then bass, of course. Well, certainly every every artist has every songwriter has different formulas, different combinations, different recipes, if you yeah. will, for their, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about so many of the songwriters that have come on from Nashville on, on this show and have, you know, really talked about it. I mean, they, they really try to make it seem so systemic. And yet you have someone like Nelson Montana, who was on the show a few weeks ago on episode 72. And he said, you know, if you look back at what the Beatles did, like those formulas, those those ideals of what a song should be constructed like those didn't exist then and look at the success they had so you know to say that i mean i i was really interested when you said that when there's a new dream aria song written it's just whatever is in the moment there's not this big lead up there's not you know six months of brainstorming and you know a concept yeah so uh, very fascinating And, and you know as i said different strokes for different folks and that's one of the things I absolutely love about it. I would say when people ask me, do you like to perform? Do you like to do this and that? No. My favorite thing is to be in the studio and in that moment where something is being created from nothing and you really don't know even where it's coming from. And that to me is the real magic of music. I, as much as I love listening to music, I think I like creating it even more and, and experiencing that and hearing these guys, you know, I, I always call them geniuses, coming up with this, which is almost like they're just tapping into you know that ether, right? And uh, just bringing it through themselves. And it's I just find it mesmerizing and magical. I, I love like it. it. I'm like so it. lucky. I'm so lucky to be a part of that and to witness that with them. And then to, you know, and then I come up with my own stuff, and even then I wonder oh, where where is that coming from? But it's coming from somewhere. I mean, so that's that's what I that's what I is near and dear to my heart is that that magic of it, that I creating. Like it. Very well said. I like it. And it's coming from it's coming from those creative genes is where it's coming from. So, yeah, it's part of it for sure. Yeah. I, I mentioned in the intro, uh, speaking of creating music, that I mentioned in the intro that Dream Aria has released three CDs and that. Now there is new music in the works. What can you tell the listeners as far as what's being worked on? Is there a new CD forthcoming or maybe an EP? Do you have a release date? What what kind of facts are you able to give out at this particular point in time? Nothing. Nothing. I'm not telling you. No. <laughs> uh, well, this yeah, interview is going to go really our, fast. <laughs> I know. Eh? Nothing. Zero. No, we're on our fourth CD, as you said. And uh, I think there's going to be some definite surprises for some of our regular fans. And hopefully we'll get some new ones. So I will give you that much, um, some stuff that we haven't really tried before. So mm. I'm very curious to see how that's received and, and how that comes along. It's still you know, our own sound, of course, we're keeping that, but we're always evolving and t- continually expanding. Our, as I said before, there's no boundaries, no limits within the band, so we're doing that. And right now, I'd say there's about three songs officially sort of ha- maybe, ha- oh, well, actually two are done, mm-hmm. and one is maybe maybe a two-thirds done. And from there, you know, uh, I don't know. We're going to see. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so, so in other words, uh, you know, there's nothing. There's nothing on the calendar. But, but uh, I, you no, know, as a never. as an artist manager, I always take off my hat to people like you because it, it's uh, it's it's 
it's good subliminal PR to say it's that much more reason why the listeners need to stay with us on social media to watch for news of when we do have right. more to say that's about right. the new music. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's one thing I like too is we never have those deadlines. We're not with a record company where they're on you, hounding you, you know, so there's no pressure. And of course, it, I would say for me, it would be a lot harder to write under pressure, right? So at least we're lucky in that sense that we can just go on our own time and really be in that moment. So that's why I can't give you a release date or anything like that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Working on it. Yeah. I, I believe that a new video was being worked on as well. Uh, are you at liberty to say which song is that for and, and what is the status of it in terms of when can folks look for the video? Well, I really want to actually do Gypsy Heart. So uh, I've always had a lot of visuals in my head for that and it seemed like sort of an obvious song to do. So I would like to do that. I've got sort of a, the storyboard done. But uh, we, we sort of were on a bit of a hiatus for the last year or so. So we sort of just put everything on the back burner. So right now I'm just getting back into that, that whole video idea. So, so we'll see. I'm, I'm very excited about getting into that, actually. Definitely Gypsy Hearts, uh, one of the top contenders for the next video. And, of course, one of the new songs would obviously be an obvious choice. Too, so. I would argue hiatus nothing because this uh, <laughs> this appearance here today on Now Hear This Entertainment seems like it's just one in a long line that, that you've been doing lately. And, and, you know, hats off to to yourself and to Dream Aria for all the press and all the attention that you've managed to continue to get despite what you feel is a hiatus. I think, I think job well done is, is what I want oh, to say. Oh, thank you. And, you know, and I, let me just give a big shout out to Don Stagg for that, because he really is doing 99% of that. He spends hours every day, you know, uh, receiving emails, always replying. And I do that as well. When I get emails from the fans, I always reply as soon as I can. Uh, we love that interaction. It can be a little bit overwhelming at times, but we never turn anyone away. We never ignore anyone. We always reply, and we're always very grateful and appreciative. And yes, he's always promoting, and I do as much promotion as I can for my end, but really, that's mostly Don, and that's, it's you know, big kudos to him for that, so... Well, and it's a good problem to have if there's uh, if there's that much to keep up with for sure. So yeah, and I really, I, all I meant by the hiatus is we weren't doing any videos and and all that for sure. you know that's definitely on the back burner, and sure. we weren't even writing for a while. But mm-hmm. definitely, yeah, the promotion aspect aspect, you're right, has never stopped. Yeah, yeah, so you're right on that. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Ontario, Canada, is Anne Burston, the lead vocalist from the band Dream Aria. Her website is www.annburston.com, and you can find the spelling of her last name on our show website, www.nhte.net, or simply by looking at the title of this episode on your listening device. Anne is also on Twitter as well, and check out www.dreamaria.com, and also find the band on Reverb Nation, as well as on Facebook and YouTube. You can purchase their music on iTunes and on Google Play. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, that's H-E-A-R, and sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free and it makes it so easy to get the show every week, it will just download automatically when a new episode comes out so you don't have to go looking for it. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you. And please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. Wow, we are at something of a milestone, episode 75 today. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. 
Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. We were talking before about new music as well as a new video, of course. Uh, and what about live dates? Are there currently efforts going on to get Dream Aria out playing the new music live? And if so, where and when might the listeners expect to see the band playing? Well, we don't have anything currently lined up, but... Um you know, I suppose once we get some more of the songs done, and maybe we'll hopefully get those played out and get some response. So, but we, you know, we always keep people posted online, absolutely, on especially on Facebook. So, if there's any updates, yeah, is that Don as well that's booking those? That you know, I always like to to yes. be sensitive to the listeners who are upcoming artists themselves that are trying to learn lessons from my guests. Is is that a case mm-hmm. of as good as we're doing? It's all in house, or do you have someone that's working on that on on the band's behalf no we've never had any agents or managers or booking agents wow. something like that's always done yeah fantastic yeah. Yeah. A lot I, of work, yeah yeah i had mentioned in the intro that dream aria has played some real big live shows uh headlined indie fest played at toronto city hall the list goes on it's mm-hmm. it, again a credit um to to don because this seems like uh just some really tremendous opportunities that that the band has had yes Definitely. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, we've been really lucky. But again, it's been a lot of hard work. And like you said, in-house, no extra help. Never. So any of them that for any reason really stand out as as being memorable that that was, you know, maybe a favorite show for you or something that maybe just had a real interesting story around it? Well, they were all memorable to me because, again, I'm always so grateful and appreciative that we even have gotten those opportunities. Uh, But City Hall definitely was a big highlight. I mean, I never thought that that would happen, you know, playing at <laughs> City Hall. That's pretty amazing. And, you know, the Opera House, Lee's Palace, the Elma Combo, these are real iconic landmarks and, and venues in the city. So I was very excited to do those. And we played the Rivoli, which is a really nice place, the Cathedral. Uh, the Actually, I think it was called the, did we play the Reverb? No, the Cathedral. Um, and you know, a number of other places as well. So, been a real blast but you know i would love to play massey hall wouldn't that be something i don't know if you know massey <laughs> hall do, but that I would do. be nice <laughs> it's a be- beautiful venue and the, the sound is fantastic in there so that would be my dream so so what we'll was see. what you was city know. hall what were what were the circumstances there what what, what was the, what was the performance there well i think we did uh maybe like a half hour 40 minute set maybe probably about five six songs something like that and uh, it was a really good turnout. It was a beautiful day. And uh, quite a few people came out uh, to see us. But then also there's the people just sort of standing around that uh, we sort of drew in. And yeah, it was, it was a really nice experience. It was really, really beautiful. So it was outdoors. Really yeah, it was. Yeah. It, was, it, was it something like Canada Day? Was it an, was it an, a special occasion that, that they had Dream Aria perform for? Yeah, I don't think it was Canada Day, but I know it's definitely in the summer. And I, we had... Another gig, I think the very next day out in Sarnia. So I remember it was a really hectic weekend, but I don't believe it was Canada Day. But, I, you know, I actually could be wrong, but I don't think it was Canada Day. I mean, I, I don't know. I think once you get to be my age, your memory is not perfect. So <laughs> much well, as I do remember a lot, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I think the polite spin that I would put on it is is once you've played as many shows as we have. Yes, we that's what I meant to say. To <laughs> I'm really only 19. So it's 
<laughs> we'll have to have Crystal Blue Sound Studios do some magic to the edits of the show. And <laughs> well, okay. what uh, what an it. amazing accomplish, accomplishment, Dream Aria, being ranked number one on, on Reverb Nation, as I mentioned during yeah. the intro of the show. What do you see, Anne, as as some of the most important factors that have contributed to the band's success? Definitely, well, the the band members themselves and the writing and recording, their commitment to the music, number one. Also, Don and myself doing many, I mean, I would spend sometimes 13 hours a day nonstop on the computer promoting. And then I had a baby and I couldn't do that anymore. <laughs> so, Don took over all of that. And he's been, like I said, maybe I'd say 95% of all the work since then. All That being said, the power of the internet, I would say, is you know obviously ranked right up there. Without that, I don't. I can't imagine that we would be very far. Mm. I mean, there's no way. I mean, there's only so much word of mouth can do without the internet. And of course, in cell phones now too, you can text people and and all the free downloading and all of this. So it's much easier to get your music out there, definitely. Yeah, that's true. And you'll promote. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Again, that, that power of the internet has been sort of a miracle, but also it can be some of the downfall, of course, as you know, because of all the, you know, the downloading and the sharing. But, you know, for us, it's about the music anyway, and we're just appreciative of the fans. So it's not always about the dollar signs, obviously. Well, and not even close. It's certainly the 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 fans have have been there in large numbers that that you have oh, gotten yes. the support. I do wonder one of the places talking about some of the technology and some of the trends nowadays. There was something uh, Dream Aria was on something called crowdfunding music TV. Uh, so, so pardon my ignorance, as much as I like to pride myself on the research I do for these shows, did Dream Aria participate in some crowdfunding at some point for, for a particular project that it, that it ended up with your band being on there, or, or is it just a coincidence? If that sort of thing, Don generally takes care of, sort of all, you know, all that business-type situations, mm-hmm. uh, situation. Uh, so I can't really speak to that fully. Uh, but Dream Aria never did. Maybe uh, you never did like a Kickstarter campaign to raise funds for for one of your no. CDs. Okay. No, okay. nothing like that. No, mm-hmm. unless he's started something that I'm not aware of. Because again, he's always <laughs> got his hands. He's, he's like the mad scientist behind the scenes, working on all that kind of magic. So well, you never know. But uh, yeah, not off the top of my head, I, I couldn't. I couldn't say anything about it. No. But it is a good idea. It is a good idea to maybe you know start something like that. So, uh, you know, I got to look into that now that you mention that. <laughs> Thank <laughs> well, you. Thank yeah, you. And, <laughs> and, and for those of you listeners uh, who are up and comers, gosh, I, I couldn't even tell you how many episodes we've had where a guest has talked about their experience with crowdfunding. And so listeners, if, if you fall into that category where you are an artist who is considering crowdfunding, I always recommend as much as we might seem to talk mostly about Kickstarter uh, and sometimes I will th- I will throw out the names of other other ones such as Indiegogo or Rocket Hub. Really do your research because they mm-hmm. all offer something different. Kickstarter, for example, if you try to do a crowdfunding campaign and you don't raise your if you don't meet your goal, you're not going to get anything. Whereas there's sites like Rocket Hub where they'll still give you what you raised, but they'll just take a bigger percentage than they would if you actually meet your goal. So uh, those of you, like I say, who are up and comers that are considering crowdfunding. By all means, uh, do your research and don't just go to the one with the biggest name. 
Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is you're not too good to return a Facebook private message or follow someone back on Twitter. As much as I would love for the Bruce Springsteens and the Katy Perrys and John Mayers of the world to check out Now Hear This Entertainment, I know that a lot of you listeners are up-and-coming artists. Well, check your ego and write back to anyone who sends you a private Facebook message. And Twitter? Yeesh, I saw someone who had a couple hundred thousand followers on there but was only following 137 people. Come on, get over yourself. You're going to need those people when your flame starts burning out. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. Are you digging the Bruce's Bonus segment each week? Listeners, are the tips helping you out, musicians and entertainers who are listening? There's one on every episode. We've even got an ebook for sale at nowhearthis.biz containing the bonus from each of the first 40 episodes. So go there and check that out. Earlier when, when you were mentioning uh, a lot of the different influences, um, I, I have to ask you, you had the opportunity to perform with Glenn Hughes, formerly of Deep Purple, and, and he's actually considered a childhood idol of yours. Just just talk about that whole experience. Sure. Um, it's funny, again, that you brought this up because I was just talking about this a couple of days ago to a friend of mine. But I'd say I was probably 15. Uh, I was with some friends in the car, and one of them had this cassette called Phenomena. And it was... I'd never heard anything like it. And there was this voice that came out of the, the tape deck that I, I I was mesmerized. I couldn't believe this voice. It had so much soul, but it was a rock voice. And it just had this perfect blend of soul and rock and, and perfect pitch and just the tonal quality. And I thought, who is this man? And it was a you know, male voice, obviously. I was blown away. And they said, oh, well, that's Glenn Hughes. And I said, Glenn who? <laughs> they said, Glenn Hughes, you know, from Deep Purple. I said, well, I know Deep Purple, but who, who's Glenn Hughes? And they said, well, he plays bass. I said, I have no idea who you're talking about. I think of, you know, John Lord and Ian Gillen and David Coverdale. So, sure enough, I, I managed to catch a video. And I said, oh, that's that's where that voice is coming from. <laughs> wow. And, you know, and so then I started watching, uh, you know, a lot more Deep Purple and really getting to know this, this Glenn Hughes voice and this, this person. And then uh, I heard an album called Hughes Thrall, which was with Glenn Hughes and Pat Thrall. Fantastic album. I was just listening to it the other day again. Absolutely timeless and, and, and amazing. But bottom line is I was just blown away by what he could do with his voice, the, you know, how low in his range he could go, how skyrocket falsetto, you know, with power too. And so many different tonal qualities in his voice. He could sound like five different people within one song. And that's a kind of singer I like. I, I'm not really drawn to a singer that has sort of just one very non-dynamic voice. Mm-hmm. And he had it all. Well, he has it all. And I just thought, well, how... I just couldn't really listen to anybody else after, after his <laughs> voice. I had a real... You know, he really set the bar so into that stratosphere for me. So I strive to be a singer like that where I could do many, many different things with my voice and, you know, make my range as large as I could. And it just challenged me. And, and I'm grateful for that, too, because I've been able to do a lot more than I ever thought I could with my voice because of that. So it was definitely a massive influence on me and, and, and driving me and, you know, inspiring me. So... 
Well, probably was, at a time when probably at a time when YouTube wasn't around. So I imagine, and, nope. and again, no, knowing, knowing what I do know about about television, there, uh, you probably had to sit in front of much music and and watch that. Uh, no, not even. Endlessly. No, he no? wasn't. There was nothing. No, he was. Uh, he was like an enigma, Mister. I didn't even really know what he looked like until I saw wow. him in the Deep Purple video. I'm like, okay, now I sort of have a face with a name. I mean. The only way to find out about him was if if he showed up in a magazine at the record uh, store. There was nothing. There yeah. was he wasn't on TV. He was definitely, and that made it even more interesting, of course, right? Yeah, because sure. he's that mystery person sure. for me. <laughs> so I mean, this I when I heard him in 1985, I believe, is when I first heard his voice. So there was nothing back then. You know, you were lucky to find anything on him. But now, you know, well, since the internet came out, then I was able to find everything and. I mean, he's so prolific. He's just the guys, and uh, wow, just nonstop. I don't know how he does it, but but anyway. So when I was fifteen and hearing this phenomena album, I was also impressed by the type of production. It was a really interesting, spacious, mm. a lot of reverb, really cool stuff. You know, cool sound. I thought, you know, because I was so uh, terrified. I have very, I still have stage fright actually after all this time. Mm. But uh, even worse back then, I would not sing in front of anybody nobody until i was probably in my 20s or 30s actually mm. i was terrified and uh i thought well how am i going to do this something i love so much i can't do it because i don't want to sing in front of anybody so I, I decided when i was listening to that cassette listening to glenn's voice i thought you know what that's what i'm going to do i'm going to become a record producer because then i can still be around uh. the music and, and be around that magic and i can hide behind you know the that and Behind I can the console, still yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I did. That's the whole reason I moved to Toronto was because of listening to Glenn Hughes, listening to that cassette, and I decided, okay, that's what I'm going to do. So I came here and, you know, did, I did that. I went to Trevor's, took recording arts and all that, but that drive for singing was just nagging at me. And I said, oh, I've got to figure out how to overcome this obstacle, this severe fright. And I did, but it, did, it took me a really long time, and it, it's still there. And I think that just means it's because I care. Might right? I, I mention though? You, might I mention that what I'm hearing? Excuse me for interrupting, but what a, what a mature ear you had at 15. The the, the types of observations oh, that you're telling me that you oh, were yeah. making at that time. Well, I was making those observations when I was four. When I was four, whoa, whoa. I remember listening to everything. Going, I'm a singer. That's what I'm going to do. And I never changed my mind. But by when I was nine, um, like I was analyzing everything, vibrato and pitch and tone, all of that stuff, right? But by the time I was nine, um, I was listening to ABBA, the song mm -hmm. SOS. This mm -hmm. was the song that changed my life, SOS. Mm. There was one little note where her voice cracked out of sadness. Mm -hmm. And I felt that emotion and I said, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do with my life. I'm going to... Um, bear my heart and soul and emotion through singing and i never changed my mind so that was again that was a pivotal moment when i was nine so i always knew right from when i was four it was and then again when i was 15 it was just i wanted to do it, but the fear was holding me back wow and so it took me about another 15 years later before wow. i could actually get wow. out in front of it yeah it took me a really long time but i was still honing my craft and still doing it for the enjoyment right but anyway, so having uh, come to Toronto, you know, there's more options, of course, musically and, and, and whatnot. And uh, I'd say, uh, I think it was, it was the year two, roughly around the year 2000, 1999 going to 2000. I was at a casino and uh, there was a poster up saying that there's a show coming called The Voices of Classic Rock. So it advertised, you know, Bobby Kimball, Joel and Turner, Mike Reno, um, Spencer Davis. 
John, uh, and a few other singers. I thought, wow, how cool would it be to go to that show and see all these singers, mm-hmm. including Joel and Turner, again, from Deep Purple, Fame and Rainbow. I love his voice, too. And Bobby Kimball, another huge influence from Toto. Toto is I probably, they're my favorite band because of all the singers mm. and the musicianship. So I thought, well, I can't miss that show. So I went. And on stage, they had a, you know, a bass player backing up the, the singer's keyboard and drummer, all that. And each singer would come out and do their big hits. And then the other singers would join in and sing harmonies. And it was just, oh, my God, brought tear to my eye. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> and an hour, an hour into the show, they said, okay, now we're going to bring out Joel and Turner from Deep Purple. And I was like, yeah, woohoo, I can't wait to see him. And then they said, oh, and by the way, there's already another Deep Purple member on stage who is also going to start singing. And I'm looking at the stage going, what are they talking about? There's nobody else on stage from Deep Purple. And then they say, Glenn Hughes. I just about, fe- I think I fell off the chair. He'd been on the stage for the entire hour, and I had no idea it was him on bass. Wow. He was playing bass, wow. and he wasn't singing really, right? They had the mic turned down. His hair was really short. He was wearing dark sunglasses, a mm. tarry t-shirt, and these funny <laughs> little shorts, and these sneakers. I had no idea. And he's tiny. I love I that. I love that Glenn you're describing be, it like it was last night. By the way, <laughs> it, well, you know, it was it was pretty uh, exciting. You know, I'll never forget that. I mean, can you imagine your idol of 16 years was in front of you for an hour and you had no idea? <laughs> I had no idea. Oh my god, I can laugh at myself now. But I mean, he cut all his hair off, and you know, when you hear a voice as big as his, you think it's a big guy, you know, and. And no, he's, I mean, he's not much taller than me, and I'm barely 5'1". I'm mm. not even 5'1". And he's, you know, not much taller than me. So, I was, and that's the, that was probably the second biggest shock of my entire life. And I got to meet him, of course. It was an outdoor venue, so I just went behind, you know, the oh, stage wow. afterwards. And I was just, blah, 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 you know, what do you say, <laughs> you know? And I think he was pretty surprised that I knew who he was, some little girl in Toronto, Canada. I mean, Canada barely knows who Glenn Hughes is, maybe in Europe and in, in, in L.A., of course. But, so we, we, we became friends. Wow. And he invited us out to all the shows, and I got, went to L.A. to be on his DVD. He invited us out to be on that DVD oh in Florida. We got to go on a cruise in Florida uh, with him, and he performed on the cruise. And then he invited me to, uh, to a private gig in New Jersey, and I said, okay, great. We went down, and well, actually, the night before we were to drive down, his wife emailed me and said, you know what? Glenn wants to know if you want to sing with him. Oh, Again, boy. I fell off, I oh, fell off the chair. I started bawling my eyes out, and I'm, I'm like, I say no. <laughs> so that's how that all that happened for me sitting in my little room in Winnipeg, hiding out to singing with him in Toronto. Like, Amazing. what are the odds? Like, that. How he was even in Canada is be I don't even know how that day. He didn't even know I asked, you know, he's never been to Canada before. And it was like the stars aligned or something and I met him. It was just an absolute miracle. Fantastic. You know, Fantastic. I, I'm still sort of in shock. You can hear it by the way I'm talking about yeah, it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's my Glenn Hughes story. That's a great Glenn <laughs> and Hughes story. And and you know, just also to tell you very nice man. Very, very he's treated us like gold. Just so the listeners out there know. Uh, really, really great person. Great musician. Great person. Well, that's that's an NHTE gem. That's a, that's a now here this entertainment gem. What a great story! Thank you for thank you for sharing that. Like I said, it's it's oh, really no fun to Rocky. listen to you tell it be, with the excitement in your voice. And as I said, as as though it happened last week, you know. So it feels uh, like it sometimes. Yeah. Well, I'm only 19. Remember? See? That's right. So, that's but, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was last week. Really. Uh, 
I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Ontario, Canada, is 19-year-old Ann Burston, the lead vocalist from the band Dream Aria. Her website is www.annburston.com, and you can find the spelling of her last name on our show website, nhte.net, or simply by looking at the title of this episode on your listening device. Anne is also on Twitter as well. And check out www.dreamaria.com. And also find the band on Reverb Nation, as well as on Facebook and YouTube. You can purchase their music on iTunes and on Google Play. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, that's H-E-A-R, and sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free, and it makes it so easy to get the show every week. It downloads automatically each time that a new episode comes out, so you don't have to go looking for it. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you ever so much, and please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. As I mentioned, we are at episode 75 today, and there have been a lot, a lot of great guests along the way so far, including those Canadians that I mentioned earlier, Bruce Barker, Maddie Rodriguez, and Roxana. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. Uh, and you were mentioning you actually were raised uh, in Winnipeg, a household where both of your parents performed in the Winnipeg Symphony. So it uh, sounds like it was a safe bet that there was never a chance of you not doing music. <laughs> You got that right. Let me just say, <laughs> actually, you know what? I can do you better on that. Every single member of my family is a musician on both wow. sides going back, like great-grandmother, great-great-great-grandmother. Wow. Yeah, every wow. single person, even cousins, step-parents, you know, brothers, step-brothers, everybody. Yeah, so th- there was no hope for me for, <laughs> for getting away, and I, I wouldn't want it any other way. So, And uh, the, the extent of your parents' uh, involvement in the Winnipeg mm-hmm. Symphony? Yeah, my mother played for about 40 years almost, actually, mm. in the Winnipeg Symphony. My dad did a number of years, but he left um, actually due to an injury on his lip, unfortunately. Mm. So he actually, uh, and, you know, unfortunately, my parents got divorced, and which, you know, they both got re- remarried and everything's good. But my dad came back to Toronto, and he healed the injury, and he was able to continue his career for, you know, again, like another 30 years playing for the Canadian Opera Company, for, uh, principal nice. French horn. So wow. again, you talk about overcoming obstacles, right? So I'm very, very, very proud of both my parents. They, I really look up to everything they've done. They, you know, really a lot of respect. And your yeah. mother, your mother played what instrument? But both played French horn, actually. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't get a note out of it, but it's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, in addition to Dream Aria, I did also mention back at the start of the show that you also do voc- vocal coaching, which is such important work. I'm, I'm amazed at how many up-and-comers just go out and sing without any regard for formal training. And obviously, you know how helpful this can be for singers. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was self-taught from four uh, into my 20s. Mm. And the only reason I went to get a teacher of my own was because I thought, you know what, I want to make sure I'm not singing incorrectly and, and damaging anything because I really wanted to sing till I'm 100. You know, I never smoked a cigarette, never drank did drugs. I've never even had a beer or a glass of wine. I really wanted to protect my voice because it meant everything to me and it still does. So I got a teacher, a great teacher, and I did learn so much and I was able to uh, you know, sing safely, of course, and and expand upon what I had by like multitudes. I had no idea how much more I could expand just from a few 
simple concepts that I learned from this teacher and a few simple exercises, breathing exercises and vocal exercises and, and, and learning also from him about diet and exercise, what's good, what's not. So there was a, a, really a lot of uh, important things that I did learn. And of course, anyone out there that's looking to improve their instrument, whether vocals or, or otherwise, absolutely a coach or teacher can help you in so many ways. So, you know, it's not a necessity, but it definitely can expand on what you have for sure and protect you. Well, and that's great testimony. And uh, listeners, I did not ask and ahead of the show today to to do what she just did there. I mean, that's just her own experience. And, you know, she's not even putting out any plugs for, I will coach you, I will teach you, here's how to contact me. It's just obvious, no. uh, you know, how important it is. And, and it's, again, it's something that um, we can't talk about enough on the show. I'm thinking all the way back to episode eight in the show's infancy when Dominic Pages was the guest, and he talked a lot about, as you called it, it is an instrument and vocal health and, and taking care of it and learning what more you can do with it is so important. So it's it's good that, that you are doing that work there and, and giving the uh, the benefits of it that, that you just listed. Mm-hmm, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I, I, and you know what? The magic, again, there's that word magic, but <laughs> I love seeing or hearing, rather, people's voices blossom with the voices they didn't even know they had within them mm. so it's really rewarding for me too it's not just them it's, it works both ways it's really nice to see them blossom like that's amazing uh, a few months ago the band announced that dream aria has contributed four songs to a new movie called the hairy claw of grafton moore uh, what can you tell the listeners about that maybe uh which four songs how the opportunity came to be those type of details you know what Don, again don's in charge of that and you know, I don't know. I know he did tell me what four songs they were, and I've got so many favorite songs of mine. I just I do remember <laughs> that there are four of my favorites, and definitely I can't remember though which four exactly. So again, there's that memory. Ah, <laughs> well, but, I'll tell yeah, you what, I'm it's really a, excited. We're we're definitely excited about it though. It's so, it's it's another feather in the in the dream aria cap though. I mean, we you know we've covered a lot yeah. over the course of this show today. We've talked about some of the great events, some of the great live shows that you've had. The, the CDs that have already been released, you know, what's what's upcoming. And so to get an opportunity like that is, is uh, you know, really just kind of not a surprise because of everything that, that Dream Aria has been able to realize so far. Um, we're going to close today with another Dream Aria song, one called Transcend, which was the title track to the band's 2008 album, uh, which was their second CD. So, Anne, before we let you go, tell the listeners, if you would, about this song, please. Well, I'm glad you asked because that's my favorite song out of three CDs, and including in what we've done, the new one so far. It's absolutely my number one favorite song. Mm. And I think, I try to sort of put it into words, but it's got that sort of Arabian feel and mystical and magical, and it, and you can move to it. If, I mean, I love belly dancing, and you can, <laughs> if you want to, you can belly dance to it, Bruce. <laughs> but I'm uh, <laughs> just saying, you know. No, but uh, I, lo- I've, I used to be a dancer as well. I was a ballerina for, you know, six years, but I still dance for fun. And um, so I love it because of that it's got this sort of tribal feel and uh, that Arabian feel and magical. And, and I was actually about, seven months pregnant when i recorded it so it was a challenge to actually sing and she was kicking me the whole time so having that life growing within me and singing at the same time and knowing she was feeling that and there with me in such an intimate way that song means everything to me so and the lyrics too were very powerful for me because of the experience i'd gone through was it was uh 
a pretty major experience, <laughs> good and bad. So, uh, yeah, the lyrics do uh, have great uh, meaning for me as so well. Did so you, everything did, about that song I really like. Did you participate in, in writing the lyrics then? Is, is, is that I write it? all the lyrics, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, mm-hmm. I'd say on that CD, I wrote all the lyrics. On the, the first CD, they wrote, uh, Don wrote some of them. But I, I, have, uh, I love writing, so I definitely write most of the lyrics. Very good. But for sure, that, yeah, that's Well, Anne, thank you ever so much. Fascinating conversation today. Really enjoyed it, and I'm really glad oh, that we were you. able to get you on the show. And all the best uh, as, as things continue to, to progress for you oh, and you. for Dream Aria. Well, thank you so much. And I, and I just want to say you know, thank you on behalf of the whole band, too, not just myself, to you and your counterpart in the background. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and to all, everyone that's listening out there, we really appreciate you tuning in to your, your, your show and, and to listening to my interview. I really appreciate that. So. Outstanding. Yeah. Well, that will do it for this week's edition of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to Ann Burstyn from the band Dream Aria. Remember to check out her website at www.annburstyn.com and follow her on Twitter as well. Plus, visit www.dreamaria.com and follow them on Facebook and subscribe to their YouTube channel and watch and like the videos on there and engage with them on Reverb Nation as well. For that matter, tell them that you heard their music on Now Hear This Entertainment. And of course, do purchase their music. It's available on iTunes and on Google Play. Follow Anne and Dream Aria online as well to see where and when they will be performing live. Don't forget to visit www.nowhearthis.biz and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. That's it, just one field to complete. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio too, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating. That really does help the show a lot. If you are listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and share, uh, repost, episodes there and you can also follow on soundcloud let's get your feedback on the show too post your comments or questions on the now hear this facebook page there are links to it and twitter and even the now hear this official youtube channel on nowhearthis.biz or send us an email the email address is on the contact page of nowhearthis.biz we have been recording this show at the great facilities at crystal blue sound studios near tampa florida Check them out online on their great new website at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in crystal blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Dream Aria. This is the one Anne just talked about. It's called Transcend. Transcend.